This is episode 182 of IDRA Class Notes. We have to have quality teachers that can deliver instruction in an inclusive, diverse environment. But we have to balance that with educational resources and funding where the students are able to perform in an environment that they have what they need. As we call ourselves 21st century educators, they have to have the resources, but you have to have the quality of teaching. Because if I have to choose one or the other over the other, I want a quality teacher. Yes. Welcome to Class Notes. This is Aurelio Montemayor, and I'm going to be in a conversation with my colleague, Paula Johnson, who is very close to getting her PhD. (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about the retention of students, in-grade retention, and what are some trends, and very specifically, what are some civil rights concerns about this issue. So, Paula, why are students retained? Well, there are a number of reasons that students are retained. The most common are poor performance on standardized tests during the academic school year. Some students are retained due to emotional or behavioral immaturity. Also, developmental immaturity that can sometimes lead to learning disabilities. And a lot of times students are retained due to high absenteeism, even when it is um, medically related. Mm -hmm. But most often it's due to truancy. So what's the result for the student? What happens to the student that's retained? Well, there are a number of negative long-term impacts that can affect students from psychological impact, behavioral impact, as far as the following year, once they're retained, they act out more often. And a lot of that's because it's social. Their social well-being is um, at risk for being in a class with students who are below them in age. So sometimes that has that negative effect because they don't want to be there. They feel like they Mm -hmm. shouldn't be there. And then long-term is an economic impact as far as a lot of students that are retained, unfortunately, have higher disciplinary actions later on, and that can lead to juvenile facilities, that can lead to being involved in the criminal justice system, and the long-term effect of that is lower financial gain Mm -hmm. over their lifetime. The rationale, I guess, or the reason why schools keep students back is saying they need another year of this to learn the stuff. Does the student, in fact, learn what they didn't learn the year that they were retained? What is the data on that? Well, the problem is that most researchers, and these are, the, it's the National Association of School Psychologists, actually say that the catch-up year, quote-unquote, that a lot of mm-hmm. retention supporters claim is good for the student is not actually the problem because a lot of times because of these other issues that are the behavioral issues or possibly the social-emotional aspect of it, they do not really advance a year. And because of these issues over time, they continue having academic issues. So the suggested recourse is early intervention intervention. and more proactive advocacy for the student. You know, we have, and you work with, as I do, our EAC South, our Equity Center. And why is the issue of in-school retention a civil rights issue? Well, as you know, any time 
an issue that concerns race, religion, gender, national origin manifests in a, in a school setting, then that is a civil rights concern for students. And in this case, retention is affecting at a disproportional rate minority students, mostly black and Hispanic. Students of color. Students of color, as well as English learner students. English learners. And so that is in two areas where the actual retaining of the student is not a civil rights violation, but the disproportionality associated with it does cause concern. And if you address the issue through a civil rights lens, then addressing the issues usually relays information based on teacher's cultural competence or teacher quality, as a matter of fact, because most students of color, the research says, that they're not receiving equitable access to quality teaching or rigorous instruction. The rationale for the student to be kept back is so that they learn. Do teachers have various pedagogies or styles that can can make up for what the student didn't learn? Is, is there an array of teaching? Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the methods of teaching that, that we tend to use a lot in our professional development is, well, first of all, just increasing your expectations of all students. So attitude is very important. Attitude is very important. Yes. It's not so much about what is being taught, it's how it's being taught. And a lot of teachers do not receive in their educational programs a lot of exposure. They, they receive a lot of pedagogy, but not necessarily for diverse learners. And so I think that some educators see that as a separate entity, but I don't. I think that a quality teacher will understand the nature of her students, the background of her students, and engage with their families, build relationships with the students' community, and try to infuse their lessons with multiple ways of learning so that students of all backgrounds, all cultures, all academic levels that it you know can be in the same yeah. class you can have a mixed class but that you reach all the students right now if i'm a parent and my child is retained do i have some rights or absolutely well, what do i do absolutely the nasp the national association of school psychologists advises that parents be involved in every decision made about a student being retained and that they do have rights as far as knowing what the school's policies are related to retention of the student and if there are any things that can be done in lieu of retaining. If there's, um, a lot of school districts will create contracts for the student um, as far as extra tutoring, other interventions that can happen before the end of school, and early intervention is the key. But if the teacher tells you, Mr. Maldonado, your child is just not learning the content. It's not then the parent point. needs to ask for evidence of academic performance. They need to look at growth over time. They need to look at student, like again, some behavioral situations may be impeding a student learning. So what is happening in the classroom? But they need to find out as much as they can about the student at school. If I tell the teacher, ma'am, I know you're having trouble with math. My child is not doing well in math. But have you tried other ways? Because he likes pictures and stuff, and he gets lost when you sit him down with a paper. Well, most schools are using the RTI, response to intervention process, where if a student is found to be falling behind in a particular subject or a particular skill area, that they first apply alternate methods. So if if they're not Uh. getting it one way, then 
and again, this could be a different way of teaching. It could be extra time with the teacher as far as tutoring. It could be a pullout um, situation where they're receiving additional instruction with another teacher. The parents might, you know, self-advocate and say, well, let me get a separate out-of-school tutor for my child. But if those things are not working, then there might need to be a, a need to look at is there a learning disability, okay. you know, in, in so then, progress. So then you need a special education approach. Right. So, okay. you know, but not to just say, oh, this kid needs to be held right. back. In any case, the teacher has to figure out how to adapt so that the child learns. Absolutely. Well, let me ask in it from a different point of view, from the school point of view. It seems that some schools solve this, quote, problem by just promoting the child, saying, okay, you're going to go to the fifth grade or the sixth grade and let the sixth grade figure out how to teach you what you didn't learn in the fifth grade. What's wrong with social promotion? Social promotion has the same drawbacks and long-term effects as retention does. Moving this child forward before they're ready does not address the issues that may be in place with the child. If they do have a learning disability or if they're reading uh, ability is not as high or if their mathematical performance is not as high. Those are things that need to be addressed regardless. So in my opinion, if you're going to promote a child, you also need to put things in place for that child. Like I know that working in mathematics, the transition from middle school to high school is very rough right. for some students, especially here in Texas where the eighth grade test is supposed to be the predecessor. You, yes. If you don't pass, you're not going on you're high not, school. Yes. But there are some students that we, as a department chair and in our district, what we did is we selected students that we felt with interventions mm -hmm. could move on. And right. we looked at how many tests did they pass? What were their performance and behavior patterns prior to? And then we did move them into high school, but we put them in a six-week program over the summer to prepare them for Algebra 1. So that, yes, they were being promoted because, again, if a student is failing all of their classes or half of their classes, then moving them forward into high school may not be the best route for them because they're missing a lot of instructional time. But if it's in this one subject like mathematics, right. then with assistance, they can move on with those extra supports. And the teachers are have already identified the students. Psychologically, it's important for the child to be with his or her classmates. Absolutely. Right? But Bottom line, though, is from retention to social promotion, that's the wrong continuum. You have, right. Whatever happens, you have to figure out how to teach the child, yes. how the child can learn. I think every student needs their own individual education plan in some cases. Every child is different. So though we have our broad way of delivering instruction, we have to remember that students have individual learning styles. They have individual modes of processing and production. So not every student wants to write. I have a child who I prefer that he dictate his essays to me, and then the computer has it right there. So if it's mathematical, some students need to be able to express themselves in various ways, mm -hmm. whether it's drawing a picture or writing it out or using symbolism. And I know our students have to be able to do all of those. And math teachers have to get used to math talk right. and the conversation exactly. that's important around it, has it not to, just the numbers on the paper. They need the academic vocabulary, but they also need to have a really good understanding of the vocabulary. You know, as a side issue, what is important here, and we're not talking about it here, but it correlates to it, is to have these students really learn is labor-intensive and requires resources. And if schools mm. are limited in staff, time, and resources, 
they're going to fall through the cracks because you can teach the child if you provide the space, the resources, Absolutely. and the understanding. And so it's also a funding issue. Well, on the flip side, I mean, I think they go hand in hand. We have to have quality teachers that can deliver instruction in an inclusive, diverse right. environment. But we have to balance that with educational resources and funding where the students are able to perform in an environment that they have what they need. As we call ourselves 21st century educators, they have to have the resources, but you have to have the quality of teaching. Because if I have to choose one or the other over the other, I want a quality teacher. Yes. Because they will fight and advocate for certain right. things. You can have the newest, brightest, shiniest school full of the latest technology, but if you're not filling it with teachers who right. are knowledgeable about their students and instruction, it doesn't really do us any you good. Know, so Bottom line, retaining the kid does more harm than good. Absolutely. And it's mostly an institutional necessity, the way it's set up. But to then say, well, what do we do, social promote, that's not good. Bottom line is, school has to figure out how to support the child to learn. Yes. And it can be done. Yes. What is your recommendation to a school that says, we've got all these kids, what are we going to do with this? We've got to move them from grade to grade. If I'm the principal, what are you going to tell me? I would say students need to be challenged. A lot of behavioral issues are the result of a student not being engaged in school. Bored. If we can find and develop programs where students want to be at school because they feel like they have a voice in their classrooms, they are able to learn in a supportive environment, then I think that the need for retention and social promotion largely will be reduced. Thank you. Thank so you. don't retain them, don't socially promote them. Teach them. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.